We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside my co-hosts, my partners in crime, Nate Green and John Crane. Nate, take your face off the screen. John, how you doing? Hey, pretty good, pretty good. It's been a, you know, it's been a big week for me. I acquired the holy grail of my small collection. <laughs> yeah. You got to tell, tell the story now. You got to tell the story now. That's pretty, it's pretty cool. I have to tell the whole story? You can tell whatever part of the story you'd like, but it's a pretty cool story. I mean, who you well, talk just, to and such like that and what you Oh, got. yeah. Well, yeah. So, well, I mean, I think I've mentioned this on, a pre, on the first podcast years ago with Derek, but um, my, my kids, um, my daughter's fifth grade field trip at their school is a behind-the-scenes tour of Angel Stadium. So they get to go to Angel Stadium. Everybody gets hats, and they get to go. We, I, I sat next to – my daughter sat next to Tori Hunter's locker. Um, and, uh, you know, you, they take you in the locker room, which they say nobody goes into, but they let the kids go in there. And, uh, and nobody's supposed to touch anything. But, we, you know, we got some pictures. And, uh, and then um, – they get to run the bases. They get to, uh, they get to tour behind. He takes them They see the trophy case. And then to me, the best part of the whole, the whole dang thing is when they're in the locker room and Tim Mead speaks to them. Yep. Cause Tim Mead is just, I mean, he's, he gives them wisdom that they're probably too young to absorb at that time in the fifth grade, because I actually asked my daughter, Yes, my 20, 23 year old daughter. I said, "What did what do you remember much about what Tim Mead told you?" And she's all, "No." And I go, "Yeah, it's kind of wasted on you, but <laughs> he gives a lot of gives a lot of life advice in there about you know about women. Uh, you know, you don't have to be women are involved. Well, even now, it's much even vaster. You know, mm-hmm. just because you're not a man doesn't mean you can't be a part of baseball. All the opportunities that you can do. He talks about social media, how that can haunt you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, anyways, I just, so anyway, so I've always, uh, kind of 
So I got two field trips because I got two daughters <laughs> four years apart and I always uh, made my way over and kind of, you know, uh, stood next to Mr. Mead and always asked him, you know, it was just honored to meet him. Such a delightful guy. Uh, when he was with the team, if you saw Otani, he was walking right next to Otani just about every time because he was kind of, uh, anyways, uh, long story short, I've always just kind of, you know, shot him, you know, tagged him in things. Uh, and uh, anyways, as a result, uh, he just uh, gifted me with a baseball, a Mike Trout baseball, uh, sent me a text and I mean, sent me a, a message to Twitter and I was beyond, beyond flattered, beyond, uh, yeah. So it's, it's the prize of my collection now. I have a Mike oh, Trout signed baseball. <laughs> 100%. 100%. I mean, first off, Mike Trout, the GOAT. I think we all know that. Yeah. Tim Mead, though, the GOAT, though. Like he, oh. he is, Tim Mead is the best person that nobody knows about. Without a doubt. Best person in baseball that nobody – more people know about him now. But before he was the president of the Hall of Fame, the best person that nobody knew about. Tim, Tim is – I mean, he was the Angels before, you know, like the Angels were a thing. Like, if you know the background behind Tim Mead, um, you know anything about Tim, fantastic person. Like, I mean, a fantastic career guy. Like I said, fantastic Angels, um, Angels employee and such like that. But an even better human being. A, a humble. Humble. Humble, humble human being. Yeah. You can't say I, I, I shower him with, I mean, I just, it's, I, I know it embarrasses him. Because I, I ran into him in the baseball. I ran into a baseball guy. I ran into him in spring training. I ran into him at the movies in Brea, California. <laughs> Believe it or not, I turn around, and he's in line behind me at, with his wife. Uh, and uh, so anyways, I, but yeah. that man, you know, you just, you can't tell him what a good person he is to his face because no. it just gets, and, and you know how I love to take pictures with people. I've never felt comfortable asking him for a picture because I think it would make him feel awkward. Oh. And uh, one more, one more, one other, one other Tim Mead story. So I, you know, I, I worked for a AAA and uh, I was at, I had a short stint in the diamond bar branch. Um, so Mr. Mead, he lives somewhere around, he lives somewhere in the area, obviously because uh, the area that I live. And, um, and so I'm sitting at my desk and all of a sudden I look out in the lobby and I see Tim Mead sitting out there wearing a t-shirt and shorts. No, not, I mean, not that he, nobody, you know, so I walk out and I go, hey, Mr. Mead. I go, how are you? You know, I, I say my name right off the bat. I never expect him to remember my name. I mean, I'm just a guy he's met about six times now. I go, Mr. Mead, you know, how are you doing? I sit down and we talk. We talk about my social. We talk, we talk, we talk, we talk. Probably talk to him about 10, 15 minutes. And then I go, what are you here for? I thought he was there for DMV services. He's all, well, I just need someone to take pictures of my car, which is it would be my job. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I go, oh, let me get that ticket. So then we go out, we go outside, and it was it was this car the Angels bought him, and it's a nice car. The Angels bought it for him, and again, he seemed embarrassed and humbled that by the car he was driving. Not he earned it. I mean, you know, and the Angels, you know, it's. I mean, I don't. There's no reason to be humbled or embarrassed by it. Um, but he's seen. But that's just Tim Meade. The guy is just like I said. I've seen him a million times, never got a picture with him because I don't feel comfortable asking him for a picture. The best human being in baseball. I'll just say it now. I, he, he's without, I, think, I really think he is. Like, I mean, there can be arguments made, but Tim Meade's the best human being in baseball. He really is. Like, just as humble as he gets. As a, I, the background behind Tim Meade, like, I mean, you've talked to him enough. He, he gave me my first opportunity, you know, in baseball. Um, got to cover. Uh, I just randomly sent him a message. Hey, can I cover this game? He's like, 
sure, you know, you're nobody big, but you know, there'll be people behind you watching. And like, obviously I was with, with Taylor, like Ward at the time and Taylor kind of shadowed me too. So I, that probably helped out a little bit because Taylor is, you know, a good name to have. Um, but yeah, you know, like I said, Tim gave me my opportunity. I, I kept calling him Mr. Mead. I was like, Hey, Mr. Mead, thank you. I really do appreciate this. 20, I was like it's a 21 year old Mr. Mead. I appreciate it. Um, you know, and he, he actually messaged me. He was like, you know, call me Mr. Mead anymore. Just call me Tim. And I'm like, all right, like, it's fine. Like it's weird, like, but that's uh, fine. Like I'll call you Tim. I'll call you Tim. But yeah, Tim, Tim Mead is the best human being in baseball. Another fantastic story of why he is like, I mean, he's unbelievable. He is the he class just, act as good as it gets. He, he really is as good as it gets. And, um, Nate, I didn't forget about you. I know we talked about Tim Mead here for a couple minutes, but you know, I, I, anytime Tim Mead gets brought up, you have to like, like I said, just an unbelievable human being. He really, really is. He gave me my, he honestly, he gave me my first start um, in, in it in baseball as well. So when it comes to the reporting side of things, so I am always, you know, eternally grateful to him. And he is again, one of the most amazing human beings in, in the sport. So Nate, let's get on to you. Hey, yeah, no, that's fair. It's fair. Um, glad to be here. Happy, you know, always love to be second. All right. All right. I just like giving Jared a hard time. Otherwise, it's no fun. Well, you know, I'm just disappointed in your enthusiasm. John comes on and is extremely excited um, to talk about Angels baseball and Tim Mead and what we're going to talk about today. And then you just toilet down the drain. And Mike, yeah. Yeah, there it is. Mike Trout, nice. autograph baseball. For the people watching it. on YouTube. For the people watching. Yeah, for the people watching. Yeah. John, yes. That's awesome. That's so cool. Like I said, you can't say enough about Tim Mead. Like he is just he's an unbelievable human being. He really, really is. It's awesome. And he's let, one of those let, you can sit with you can probably sit with him for days and like just talk baseball and not get tired of it. Like days, years, like he's got so many great stories. Like I you already know. I'll just one more before you get to like cause and this is a story I heard Trent Rush tell on the radio uh after the thing. And, and I think it was after he left for the was leaving for the Hall of Fame. And uh, Trent Rush says he was you know, Mr. He, he, gave, he offered him a ride to wherever they were going. They were going to something. And he offered, said, Trent, come on with me. He gave him a ride. And in the car, he's talking, they're talking to each other. And the phone, and, and uh, Tim Mead's phone rings. And it says Mike Trout. And uh, um, Trent's like, and then he, he, he just deletes it. He says, cancels it, you know. And then it rings again, Trout. And I think I mean, you'd have to, like, if you ever see Trent Rush, ask him the story. It's like, I think it's three or four times. And Trent's like, you know, I think you should answer that. <laughs> you know? it's, no, no. It's he's like, no. I don't want to interrupt the story. I don't want to, you know, he's, no, no. Come on, keep talking. He's telling Trent, keep talking, keep oh, talking. Man. I don't want to, you know. I mean, that's how and Mike Trout's calling him on the phone. He's all, and he finally says, Dude, you gotta answer the phone. Come on. <laughs> oh man, that's great. That's awesome. Two people I I really got to get on the show, and I'll you know like 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 I've been talking about the takeover. Those are two people that I will for sure message. So if one of them are listening to it, uh, this I apologize. I will message you at some point. Um, not that any of those guys listen to it, but but yeah, I, I'd love to get those guys. Those like I said, both those guys extremely knowledgeable. I've I've worked some games with Trent. I did the All Star game uh, in Inland Empire with Trent, and that was a lot of fun um absolute blast he's a fountain of knowledge as well so guys you know it i know it we all know it i like to start this podcast off with a question of the day nate i already told you john you're hearing this for the first time what is our favorite type of pizza we are really going out there we're branching out right now guys there are a lot of different types of pizza why i'm asking this is because um i get a pizza delivered every every valentine's day from Chicago, Chicago style pizza from Giordano's. They ship it to me. 
uh, me and my fiance, actually her parents do, so I don't do it, but fantastic pizza. Probably some of the best pizza I've ever had. Deep dish. Um, deep dish is the style that I like. I figured I'd ask you guys so we can, you know, kind of get this show rolling with a little bit of interesting topics. So John, what's your favorite type of pizza? You a thin crust? So guy? We're not talk- yeah, I'm a thin, I'm definitely a thin crust, New, New York style pizza. Um, I, I am perfectly content with double pepperoni. I just pile on the pepperoni. Uh, any meats, I'll, you can add sausage, I'm fine. You can add bacon, I'm fine. Uh, you can add meatballs. Uh, don't really bring a lot for me, but I'll certainly eat it with the meatballs. Uh, once, you, once you go veggie or you go start messing around with the pineapple and stuff like that, you're, you've lost me. And uh, just as an observation, I, I can't tell you how many parties, this is something, this is a pet peeve of mine, because you, you have a family party and they order pizzas and they order the Supreme and they order this and this. Well, the people who eat the Supreme, they also grab the pepperoni. So you end up with, if you, if you order multiple pizzas, you're always going to end up with the Supreme is left. And the guy who only eats pepperoni hate, goes hate home it. hungry. I know. I, my fiance loves the, like, all, um, all the toppings on it mm-hmm. and i i hate it i can't do it not a fan of that yeah. and she always has to, she's like let's get a pizza like that and i'm like absolutely not we're not doing that i won't eat it yeah. like jesus got pepperonis on it no it's not the same I don't take everything <laughs> it's got it's pepperoni different. and sausage on it. it's like yeah it also has onions and tomatoes and bell peppers and all this stuff that i don't like on my pizza i just want a good pizza so yeah i'm with you on that one nate what do you got You've had some time to yeah. think about this. Correct answer. Yeah, no. Yeah, this is a correct answer for sure. It's homemade on the Traeger. Salami and sausage. Um, it, it's outstanding. I, I think after going homemade on the Traeger, I, I think I'd rather have that than, than getting a Domino's pizza or anything like that. It's It's been that good. So once you go homemade on the Traeger, don't look back. I'm going to get a Traeger. I'll give it a try. I'll let you know what I what I think about it when I get my own Traeger. So. Guys, as always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast and listening to us banter about random things because we really don't have baseball to talk about right now. Um, Though, I really love hearing John's stories because I know that he is also a fountain of information for us here, and I love hearing it all. So, guys, if you could, subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it. Um, You know, Leave us a review, whether it's good or bad. Uh, You can follow myself on on Twitter at Jared underscore Tim. You can follow Nate at NateGreen34 and John at Crane. John, so guys, let's get to the topic that I really, really wanted to talk about. Um, I don't know what kind of got this going that I started looking through old transactions of the Angels, but I think someone mentioned maybe the um, maybe like a Vernon Wells type of trade or something like that. And I'm like, I think you and I mentioned the the Ricky Nolasco trade, Ricky Nolasco trade, something like that. Some, some just and I started looking through. And I, um, the Angels transaction list, and I was like, oh, let's let's talk about this tonight. You know, like not present trades that we want to see happen, but older trades that that you know we can maybe discuss and and see maybe if we can come to a conclusion of who some of the winners were on some of these trades, uh, or you know if they're good trades, bad trades. Um, you know, now that we're you know five, ten years down the road from these trades, and some of these players aren't even on the Angels. So the first one that I want to talk about. Um, and we can probably just pick a winner on this one because both of these guys aren't playing in, in with the Angels anymore. However, one of them is in Major League still, and that's Chris Iannetta for Tyler Chatwood straight up. Do you guys remember this trade? Yes. Yes. John, yeah, do you remember? That's, that's out of my, that's out of my, my ballpark there. All right, all right. I, so. I mean, I, I, I don't know the Tyler guy. I know the other guy. 
Tyler Chatwood. Yes, I think he's on the Cubs now. Yeah. Um, maybe not. I don't know where he's at. Free agent. I believe he was with the Blue Jays last. Yeah. He had some good. He had some good seasons though. Um, but Chris Iannetta, probably a future manager of Major League Baseball. I've been told he's one of the smartest guys around by a lot of people. Nate, I guess it's going to be kind of you and I discussing this trade since John doesn't. Uh, John's not too in on this one. So who's the winner of this trade, Nate? Oh, this, this is a tough one. I know didn't hit as well as we thought he was going to with the Angels. Uh, Chadwood also had two Tommy John surgeries post-trade with the Angels. So, um, you could call this a tie, you know, a wash. I, I don't really think there's a winner or a loser, honestly. I mean, the Angels were able to get some catching depth, which is, which is always a big thing for them. Um, and at the point where they traded Tyler Chadwood, they had a lot of pitching depth. So, it was not a typical you know last five seven years angels where they needed a lot of pitching so i would say wash i'm with you on that except for i don't think chatwood really ever played for the angels so i'm going to give the edge to chris ionetta who was a starting catcher for the angels and a good one at that you know he manned a, a pitching staff that you know wasn't the best at the time but you know it was a good you know he's a good catcher he's a very good defensive catcher and he's a very smart player and it wouldn't surprise me if he was a manager so Next trade here, John, let's hope this is in your range of things. Irvin Santana for Brandon Sisk. Do you remember the Irvin Santana trade, John? Yeah, I know. I know who Irvin Santana is. I, I have a bobblehead of him. So I'm going to say we, that's a win for us. Well, Brandon Sisk did not play for the Angels ever. The Angels traded away Brandon we, Sisk. We traded Angels away. traded away Irvin Santana. Santana. Oh, the Kansas no, City Royals. Yeah. That was coming off. That was coming off a tough year for Irvin Santana. I think a lot of people wanted Irvin Santana's head for a little while, um, and then the Angels went out and traded him for Brandon Sisk. I just wanted to bring this one up, um, just because I thought it was a really interesting one. Irvin Santana went on to the Royals. Went on to I think win a World Series with the Royals. Maybe, 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 maybe. Um, so that is to be determined on that one. But still playing in the major leagues, I think that was kind of a disappointing trade on all ends. Getting you know. Losing Irvin Santana, even though he had a, a tough season. So, next one here. So, Another just interesting... for a second. Yes. Hold on. So, 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 you're saying that Angel fans wanted a pitcher's head? Yes. That's rare. Yes. That's well, rare. So, 100%. <laughs> no, you're 100% right on this. There was, a, there was a time when the Angels had too many pitchers. There was. Either or not. There was a time. And this was the time because I, I don't remember if you go look at, if you look at the Angels rotation during that time. And, I, and don't quote me on this because I'm sure I'm going to be wrong. C.J. Wilson, Jared Weaver. Weaver, Wilson, Santana were for sure the top Joe three. Joe Saunders, Saunders was, in was in there. Heron was in the mix Dan at Heron. that time. Yep. They, they had a lot of pitching. And, and they had some young guys, too, right around the corner who yep. they had some high hopes for. So Zach, Zach Greinke, I think, might have been in the mix for half a season there as well. Yeah, um, he boogied yeah. out. He boogied out. Yep. Yeah, but – I um, have all those – I have all those bobbleheads you just named. <laughs> so do I think so do I. So Crone, I Heron, yeah, 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 yeah. But um, but yeah, you know, there, there. Yes, John. To your point, there was a time when the Angels actually had too much pitching. Like, just kind of a side note on and Angels fans wanting pitchers' head, and that's kind of been a theme for a while. There was a time when the Angels had too much pitching, which is really, really interesting. So, Nate, are you looking anything up? Do you want to say? I, I am. I'm, I'm looking up the the year that uh santano's with the royals 2013 which i don't believe was the year of the royals that was the year of the cardinals so he did not win a world series with them 
that is unfortunate. But uh, but yeah, no, definitely a tough trade for the Angels there. You know, again, just looking at trades of the past here for the Angels. Next one that I want to bring up. This is actually kind of an interesting one, I think, on on all aspects. Kendrys Morales for Jason Vargas. And this is the way that I look at this trade, that I got told to look at this trade at the time and even in the future. It was the most average hitter in baseball for the most average pitcher in baseball, which I think is a fair thing. So, John, what is your say on this? I know that you remember the Jason Vargas times. You remember the Kendrick Morales times, even though he got yeah. hit. Um, what do you got on this? Do you remember? Do you like it? Did you not like it? I'm looking up here. <laughs> Let's see. Let's go to Nate then. Nate, what do you got? What do, you, do you like this trade? Do you not like this trade? I think this was right after the Angels signed Albert Pujols, correct? Like maybe a year after? Uh, yeah. So, yes, I think so. So, yeah, that was that was one of those ones where like Morales had been like one of the, the most fun hitters in baseball to watch before he broke his leg and things like that. Yep. And then he came back from that and he was just – he wasn't himself. I think like he was still good, but he wasn't, you know, the MVP where, you know, we thought he could have been coming off the, that breakout season before he broke his leg. Um, And I think the angels did need a pitcher at that time. I think that was, they had just lost somebody. I don't remember off the top of my head. Actually, I think that was when we traded urban Santana away. Yep. Uh, It might've been right around in that. No, that was, that was the same year we traded urban Santana away because Santana's year was 2013. Vargas, his first year with the angels was 2013. So it was almost like we trade Irvin Santana away and Kendris Morales for Jason Vargas. But um, yeah, that was, that was an interesting trade for, for sure. I, I don't remember being exactly thrilled with Jason Vargas. Cause I always, I never thought he was that good of a like pitcher. Like a, at the time, you know, the angels were hoping to replace Irvin Santana. And I was always, a I always liked Irvin Santana. I thought he, he always had an amazing ceiling it was just the floor that was kind of iffy, you know. He could go out there and look like a triple-A pitcher. He could go out there and look like, you know, a Cy Young Award winner. And I was willing to roll the dice with the Cy Young Award winner because I had seen that more times than the triple-A pitcher. So that one was tough. Um, and Jason Vargas was just kind of that 88-mile-an-hour guy who just hopefully got outs. And it was like you always were, were hoping that, that he was pitching at night and not in the afternoon when, when balls were flying. Absolutely. John, oh, he what, was, do you, what do you have to say? He, about this? he was nine. So he's nine and eight the year we had him. His best year after that was four years later where he was 18, 11. Otherwise, he was a below 500, uh, close to 500 or below 500 pitcher. So I'll go with Morales. Yeah. I'll again, take Morales over that. Again, M- Morales coming off the injury. I think the Angels had just signed Albert Pujols at the time. Um, CJ Wilson again in the mix as well there. And the Angels had a plethora of, of pitching, it felt like, at the time. Uh, I think we just mentioned, I know they needed a, just that fifth guy in Jason Vargas. Um, if I remember correctly, I mean, this has been a while. So, I don't know. Um, it, it's interesting. Nate, I feel like you have to say something to say. No, no. I was no. just going to say, uh, former Jared Weaver teammate at Long Beach State. Yep, two-way at Long Beach State as well there. He so, uh, let's move forward a little bit more. Um, I have a fun trade here for you guys, John. I don't think you're going to know this trade. Nate, you probably don't even remember this trade, but there are some familiar names in it. Matt Sosha for Trevor Gretzky. I do remember that trade, actually. 
John I do remember like that one. Yes, Mike Socha's I, I, son was. I, I, these are children. These are children. Said 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 we traded Socha away. We trade the Angels traded Matt Socha to the Cubs for Wayne Gretzky's son, Trevor Gretzky. Nah, nah. Anytime you get rid of a Socha, it's trouble for me. So I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm, that's a bad trade. That was I think when you mentioned Vernon Wells, I thought we were going to talk about bad trades. So I like, but that's that, that that makes the Vernon Wells trade look good. <laughs> That's that's too easy. That's too easy of a tri- that's too easy of a topic here. Vernon Wells. I mean, wait, I think I think we know the the outcome of the Vernon Wells trade at the end of the, at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, I wanted to bring. I just thought it was funny. Um, I kind of forgot about the Matt Sosha for Trevor Gretzky trade. It was actually like big news at the time. Like every like I think Sports Center picked it up, and like everybody had picked it up. It was it was crazy because everybody's like Mike Sosha's kid, the manager of the team got traded for Wayne Gretzky's kid. Like it, that's just, you don't see it happen very often. Actually, I don't think, I don't know if that's ever happened before where, you know, two high profile guys, sons got traded for each other. So I just thought that was kind of an interesting, interesting trade. So let's move forward a little bit more here in, and we're going to move into the 2020s and, and, and forward from there. So let's talk about the Dylan Bundy trade right now. So it was Dylan Bundy to the angels for Isaac Matson. Kyle Bradish, Bradish, sorry, Kyle Bronovich and Zach Peak. Now, John, I know you don't know those names. Nate, I'm sure you probably don't know those names either. Um, little no, little recap on this: Isaac Matson is a reliever for the Orioles right now. Kyle Bradish is a top ten prospect, depending on who you talk about in the O system. Uh, Kyle Bronovich and Zach Peak are also both top thirty prospects, depending on who you talk about. Probably relievers here in the future. So. I don't know if we can say who's won that yet, um, but knowing I, I think you kind of can, you know, after Dylan Bundy's year last year and, and the Angels not really getting anything for in for return for him, in a sense. Like, they didn't go to the playoffs, didn't do anything. They gave up four pitchers, a top – somebody who's probably a top ten prospect for the Angels, if not higher, in, in, in Kyle Bronovich, a reliever in Isaac Matson. Um, I, I think that this is kind of an easy one here, guys, right? Um, Nate, Baltimore wins. I think Baltimore, Baltimore wins this one. John, do you have any say in this one? What do you got? I just remember being so high on Bundy after the first year, but then he just fell apart. So, yeah, yeah I mean, and, 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 of course, that was when we were getting pitchers, who, which I guess we're still kind of doing. Like, he, pitch, he pitches innings. He'll pitch innings. He won't, he won't have to get – you know, he'll pitch, he'll pitch past the fifth inning, which he did the first year, but then the second year – I think people forget so, yeah. Dylan, Dylan Bundy, 60-game season, take it for what it's worth. Dylan Bundy was one of the best pitchers in baseball in that 60-game season. Yes, I know they, I know he was. It was, it was. I know, and I know everybody's probably looking at us and, like, it was 60-game season. And, Nate, we've talked enough, you know, enough crap on the 60-game season. It's not a real season. But, I mean, Dylan Bundy was a legitimate pitcher, and you had high hopes for him. And getting Dylan Bundy out of Baltimore, again, another big thing, it was like, you know, getting anybody out of, out of Baltimore is a good thing. You know, we saw with Alex Cobb. Um, I will see if the angels go and try to make another trade. I, Alex, I know Nate, you were not a huge Alex Cobb guy. I thought he had a really good year last year. I mean, if you really want to discuss this, who had a better year, was it 2020 Dylan Bundy or last year's Alex Cobb, Nate? 2020 Dylan Bundy. He threw innings. Alex Cobb threw yeah. 90 innings. He didn't even throw hundred innings. How, I, think how they had the same, I think they had the same war. I, I, I give it to you. Dylan Bundy did have a better yeah. season. In yeah. They had the same war. Very similar game season compared to 162 game season. Yeah. It, I get it. Very, very, yeah, very similar, similar innings. Very similar innings, but we I were asking, we were funny. asking for sixty games, not one hundred and sixty-two games. Alex Cobb gave us 
what, 12 starts? Great. That, that's just fantastic. What that's why we finished. What, what, trade looks be- what trade looks worse right now? You know, the Angels gave up Jemai Jones. The, the Bundy one looks worse, absolutely. But that's because I, I don't think Jemai Jones would have played for the Angels. So I, I don't think that was a big loss at the time where you're giving away four pitchers. And I, I'm a huge, when you're making trades like that, I like to get multiple pieces. I would, I would rather get four pieces and hope one or two of them works than get one really good piece and hope the one guy works. Because the odds on four guys, one of the guys hitting out of four are pretty high compared to one guy hitting out of one. So even if he is a much better player, I would rather get four guys. I think we've talked about this before. Where We have, uh, yeah. we have talked about this. So on to the next trade. And this is, guys, this is the one that started me thinking about trades is um, I saw Will Wilson um, oh, yes. today. And um, the Angels trade Zach Cozart. And first-round pick Will Wilson to the San Francisco Giants for a player to be named later. That player to be named later was Garrett Williams. Background behind this story now, because I feel like a lot of people don't understand this, they went on to attempt to get Garrett Cole and Steven Strasburg. Obviously, the Angels didn't get to do that. But they did go and get Anthony Rendon with the money that they saved, in a sense, I know. And and they also signed some pitching that was okay. Um, But... You know, you look at it in the future, I don't know. You don't know what Will Wilson is. You can go look at Will Wilson's stats, and they haven't been good in the minors. He's a utility infielder. Yeah, but you look at what the, Gi- you look at what the Giants have done with prospects, it, it scares me. It does, because they, can, they might be able to turn Will Wilson into that first-round pick. So, John, I ask you, how did you feel about trading a first-round pick and Zach Cozart? which was basically a $12 million salary dump in order to attempt to sign Garrett Cole and Steven Strasburg. And this was actually at a time that we were doing the podcast too, John. I remember being on the podcast and us, we were talking, we'd talk about this because Derek was, Derek was very much so in on signing a third baseman at the time. He was, if I remember correctly, he was like, don't, don't blink. Don't, don't second guess the angels. The angels need a third baseman. Angels need a third baseman. And they went out and, and they missed on Garrett Cole. They missed on Steven Strasburg, two big, big name, pitching uh free agents that year and they end up signing anthony rendon which wasn't a bad thing and and of course we have to tip the cap to Derek because he's right I, even though we hate doing that because it's Derek. but no i'm kidding <laughs> i'm kidding but john what is your feeling on on this trade and then the events that happened after this with anthony rendon i do i do remember the, the Cozart trade and i do i, I really liked Cozart. uh until the year, the year they got him, because his his salary was kind of an out until, until the year they traded him. Excuse me, uh, and then and because he was also injured quite quite wasn't he? Did it? Yeah, was he, he was. Yeah, yeah. He hurt himself diving. Um, I think he dislocated his shoulder, if I'm not mistaken, or tore his rotator cuff, and he just wasn't the same guy after that. Unfortunately, really good player for sure, but just wasn't the same guy. So, so what you're telling me is that ultimately ended up to, to getting Rendon. So I guess if you're talking about well, see, Rendon's still a mystery. <laughs> like if he's really going to pay off. I mean, Rendon has to show up. Rendon has to have a a a Washington uh, national season, uh, uh, and I think this is a huge win for us. That's how it resulted. That's but I agree with you. The giant, the, the Giants, kind of. You're right. The Giants do know what to do with their prospects, and so far we haven't really proven that we really know how to do stuff. Yeah. So. That's again when I start thinking, you know, like it's not a bad thing to trade prospects. Like I'm a huge 
fan of not I'm a I'm a huge fan of keeping the prospects around like especially if they're going to do things like Joe Adele, Brandon Marsh, that type of thing and Nate I know you're giving me that face. Um what? But when the Angels haven't been able to produce and you see guys that, you know, you see teams that have been able to produce go and trade some of those prospects for players that are going to be good right now. Um kind of an interesting thing. So um let's get on to our last trade here we're gonna kind of flip the corn we're gonna i i know nate i know it's it's different for me i I wasn't even huge on the will wilson draft pick honestly so that was kind of a weird one that can be a different story and i kind of know the background behind that story so that can be yeah yeah no we've talked about that i believe off the record as well yeah if they didn't make it to the to the big a then they're kind of like you know now now i go to the I can't get it. <laughs> now, now you have now you have to know you have to know who they are, John. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't think yeah, yeah. I don't think he ever made I don't think he ever played in uh, Inland Empire though either. I don't think he ever made it that high for the Angels. So, last trade well, that we're going to talk about, kind of an interesting trade, Andrew Heaney for Howie Kendrick. I don't, I, I think this changed a lot of things. I see both of you guys shaking your heads and and doing it. Winner, John, winner, Dodgers. All right, all right. Yes, we can go to that, John. I want your feelings on this trade. I, as a human being, I love Andrew Heaney. Just a good guy. I just, and the whole Skaggs thing, I just looked at him and I just, I just felt nothing but empathy for him. Uh, you know, you know me, saw him at spring training, asked him to take a picture. He put his, he took a picture with me, smiled, very nice. I mean, nobody, nobody was rooting more for Andrew Heaney than me, but you know, all the years of potential, and not just him, all the other potentials that still haven't punched out. I, I mean, I, I got to say I was relieved when he was traded. So uh, for the aggravation that he caused me, just frustration, not aggravation, because I don't want to say I'm mad at him because I do like him. I think he's a good person. Um, but for the frustration he caused, I, I would have to go. We lost that one. Very, very uh, parent um answer there for me john i'm not i'm not mad i'm just disappointed <laughs> well he's a good guy i mean i he's a he's he's a i mean i don't know what he does in his private life but he did like, oh, no. he did stop and take a picture with me and and he's a good guy he's a good guy and every fantastic every, human being yeah yeah fantastic. exactly exactly just wish it would have worked out on the pitching side of things a little bit more. I mean, we saw the potential. Nate, you know I like Andrew Heaney. I've always wanted him to succeed. You know that. So, yeah. Nate, to finish yeah. this off, give us your two cents on it. I want to hear it. Just remember, Jared also likes Justin Upton. So, for those of you listening, <laughs> he also likes Justin Upton. But the Dodgers clearly won this trade. They absolutely roasted us on this one. I was a huge Howie Kendrick fan. Um <laughs> You know, one of our really good prospects that we brought up, uh, Jared, I'm sorry. That was just – it was just too easy. Um, but, yeah, Howie Kendrick was was supposed to be the next Angels batting champ. And, you know, he had actually shown signs of being really, really good. He had played really well for the Angels. And um, I, I feel like we, we traded for Andrew Heaney at a time where he had pitched like half a season in Miami. And we just got super excited that he – he had pitched kind of decent, and I, I don't. It was kind of like what he normally was. He was like a mid four ERA, maybe a, a, a high three ERA, and just kind of like average stuff. And the Angels were hoping that he would turn the page, and it was like, 
I, I don't know if he had really even developed at that time. It was like, oh, he, he just was, got called up. But he was a he was a top uh, he was a top fifteen prospect in baseball at the time he, too. No, he was absolutely. He was. But it, but it's just like if somebody were to trade for one of our one of our pitching prospects and just be like, oh, you know, he pitched in the bigs a little bit last year, and you know, he showed signs of kind of being good. So we're just going to roll the dice and give you a, a proven player who who's hit two ninety to three hundred every year with. 15 to 20 bombs and you know we're just going to hope that he turns out to be good that was kind of I don't know I'm, I'm really glad though that Howie Kendrick came back and, and and bit the Dodgers in the in the in the butt later with oh, that man. home run with the Nationals that that just made it full circle I, I was happy but very very upset to see him go um, and and yeah I was not a huge Andrew Keeney fan on the mound he's my Mr. Four and a third um, yeah two two and a half times through the lineup three runs and you know great job four and a third that's exactly what i was going to say i remember too many games where i'm just hoping that andrew heaney could make it to the fifth and too many times he didn't make it to the fifth and and i just had and that's why i could just you know that was socha and I, I mean as much as i love socha i was always critical of how early he would go well i was critical of how early he'd go to the bullpen with otani um, but, uh, cause I mean, at the time I wasn't a big fan of the bullpen either, but, um, yeah, that's, yeah, I, that's great. Mr. Can I ask you a question guys? If you have any thoughts on this, why did, was there money involved? Why did the Yankees trade for him? I think they saw the upside. I know that that's like a bad answer. I think they saw, I think they saw the upside and saw something that they were like, Ooh, let's try to try to tweak this a little bit. I think they saw pos- like the possibilities of you know they weren't going to be giving up much though jansen jansen junk is a potential starter probably a bullpen guy at some point for the angels and um yvonne uh, armstrong the other guy the angel oh no it wasn't armstrong who else did they get junk and wow i can't believe i'm missing on who this was it wasn't Marte. it wasn't i don't know i gotta go back normally I, I normally per- go ahead I, I was just gonna say i personally think that the yankees were in a, were in a spot where they were trying to acquire players because they needed to make the playoffs and they needed to trade for a starting pitcher and they didn't have to pay for any salary with, with the Angels trade, which I think was a big thing. Uh, that was something the Yankees were trying to do a lot last year was make trades without giving up money and still be competitive. And they were just hoping that Heaney could do enough to keep them in the playoff race. So when they got to the playoffs and they got Severino back and they had Garrett Cole and they went to the playoffs, it was like, hey, you know, Andrew, thanks for everything you did, you know, but you're probably not going to be on the playoff roster because we're getting Severino back. We're, we're going to get Gary Cole, you know, pitching three times in a five-game series and things like that. So I think that's personally what it was. But, you know, Jared could be right too. Elvis Peguero. Well, right oh, yes. That's I, what it was. I, I just don't think going to probably the biggest stage in baseball is, is, is a cure for, for Andrew Heaney's ills, you know, on the mound and stuff like that with New York fans. When you, you know, you, you're playing in Angel Stadium where people leave at the seventh, seventh, but people are leaving by the seventh inning and, and the rally monkey can't even get them off their feet for more than 10 seconds. So uh, I just, and, and one thing, Jared, whenever you ask that question, like, who was this that traded for this? My go-to text, my go-to tweet is always to Jared Timms. So, <laughs> so you're supposed to know that answer. Yeah. I got it, guys. I, 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 I don't yeah, know Piguero. why I forgot Elvis Piguero, but uh, yeah, Jansen Junk, Elvis Piguero. And, and Nate, to your point, before we let everybody go here, 
it would be like the angels trading and and i forgot what we were talking about howie kendrick trade it'd be like the angels trading joe adele for a pitcher zach gallon type of thing you know like a, a pitcher who's been proven to be very very good in a sense that's kind of what it would be like right now and then and then you know zach gallon come here and and play well i was gonna say trade for well. reed De- Reed Detmers. Yeah, was, something like where that. Where it's like, oh, he's pitched in the big leagues. He's he's yeah. shown signs of of success, been a former top prospect, things like that. But, yeah. you know, hasn't really shown to be the ace that the Angels were looking for at the time. John, also to answer your question, I think Heaney fits their mold. They don't like to face left-handed hitters in New York. So the more times that they can get righties in that ballpark, the better. So I think that was part of it as well. Yeah. So. Okay. All right, guys. Well, productive talk here tonight. Really like this podcast. I know we didn't have a lot to talk about, but I like going over these trades and, and talking about old trades, bringing up the past. I think it's a lot of a lot of fun to see, you know, like who's won some of these old trades, in in a sense, and you know the players that were involved. And I think we forget, like, I mean, obviously with Jansen Junk and, and Elvis Bagheera, we forget, we easily forget about the players, the younger players that were involved in these in these trades as well. So, guys, as always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast and watching us. If you're watching on YouTube, if you could subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it or watching us. Um, you can follow us on all of our social medias: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can follow myself at Jared at, on Twitter, Jared underscore Tim. You can follow Nate at Nate Green thirty four and John at Jags Crane. John and guys, thank you so much for listening and have a great rest of your day. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.